Yes, people, welcome to a new episode of Echo Chamber. Let's start things off with the UK top 10 for the weekend of the 24th to the 26th of January. At number 10, we have Paw Patrol Ready Race Rescue. At number 9, Jojo Rabbit. At number 8, Spies in Disguise. At number 7, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. At number 6, we got The Gentleman. Oh my day, still doing its thing. At number 5, Jumanji The Next Level. Then at number 4, it's Those Little Women. At number three, the personal history of David Copperfield. Check last week's episode for the uh, review of that one. At number two, Bad Boys for Life. And at number one, still holding strong, 1917. Okay, people. So now, here's a little info before we get into anything. Well, if you are a fan of horror films, people, you won't want to miss this. That's right. The Final Girls Berlin Film Festival has now announced its 2020 program of features, shorts and events. Yes, the fifth edition of the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival will be taking place between the 6th and the 9th of February at the City Kino Wedding. So this will continue to raise the bar by showcasing horror written, directed and or produced by women and non-binary filmmakers. Okay, so Ellie Liu who is the festival co-director, is calling this year's festival edition the most expansive and international yet, presenting a wide array of films by visionary filmmakers that represent the diversity and originality that can be found in the current horror landscape. The exciting program features eight curated short blocks and nine feature films, a horror-inspired self-defense workshop, kind of crazy and exciting, right? An exhibition, a festival party with multimedia drag performances, and specialist talks on horror martyrs, made-for-TV horror, female monsters, and bad mothers in Mexican horror cinema. <laughs> okay, so um, Sarah Needoff, the other co-director, you know, she says horror is a very elast- elastic term. Okay, and um, they're really excited to discover films that make us question and expand our conceptions of what horror can be, both in ways that are distant from and uncannily near our own realities. So, um, yeah, sounds good, right, people? It sounds good. So, you can um, find, you know, all the information, the links and the trailer link all in this episode's, um, you know, details. So go to that, check out, you know, all the links to the website and find out, you know, what you might want to go see between the 6th and 9th of February in uh here in Berlin, all right, cool, 
Okay, people, so now you've heard about the festival, so let's get into this week's reviews. Gonna start off with um, one from the London Film Festival, and then get into a brand new science something. So sit back and relax. Okay, so just out of a screening of the new film, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. This is from director Marielle Heller. Uh, It's produced by Yuri Henley, Peter Serif, Mark Turtletube and Lee Holzer. It's written by um, Mitch Fitman Blue and Noah Harpster. And it's starring Tom Hanks, Matthew Reese, Susan Kelishi Watson, Chris Cooper, um, Enrico Colatoni, uh, Wendy McLaney, and Christine Latti. And um The gist of the film is this. It's hard to overstate the impact Fred Rogers had on American culture. For three decades, he enchanted generations of children with his television show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Gently paced, the show was a safe haven where Rogers entertained but also tackled problems that his young viewers might have to face as they grow up. His motto was, if you can mention it, you can manage it. An excellent Matthew Reese playing magazine writer Lloyd Vogel um, is commissioned to write an article on the presenter. He regards Rogers as a monolith of an unfashionable past, a relic whose style and ideas are outdated, who is also deeply suspicious. Could anyone really be so good, so kind? But on spending more time with Rogers, Vogel begins to question his own misanthropic outlook. As a Hollywood star admired for his integrity, he's um, Toy Story's Woody after all. Tom Hanks is perfect as Rogers. A clever script from Mitch Fitzman Blue and Noah Harpster. And ingenious direction from Heller also ensured that you don't need to know who Rogers was for this film to work its magic. With her third feature after the superb Diary of a Teenage Girl and Can You Ever Forgive Me, which was um, at London Film Festival last year, people, Morella Heller has delivered her best yet. Now, um, this is based on a, uh, a magazine article called Can You Say Hero by Tom Yond who um, Vogel is based on. Um, yeah, I look, I, I, as it says, look, I don't think you need to know who um, Fred Rogers is, because I definitely, I've heard the name, you know what I mean? I've heard the name, I've never seen, um, yeah, The Neighbourhood Show. So I, I don't really know who he is. Um, and I do think that if you do know who he is, a lot of the film will resonate more to you. Because, you know, it's like when his name comes up, people are like, oh, and they have this reverence for him. So, yeah, if you, if you know him, if you've seen the show, you have that understanding, you will get that. You have that understanding why. Now, um, you know, all in all, I would say this is a, it's a nice film, right? It's a nice film. It it's playing to that that sentiment that, yeah, look, there, there there's no need to um, you know, hold grudges. There's no need 
to like cling on to resentment and fear because um you know if you can mention it you can manage it which is you know essentially that's what this film is telling us you know and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that right i think this will play well to a lot of people it's a PG film, so everyone can go watch it. It's a little saccharine, you know what I mean? I ain't gonna lie, it's a little saccharine. But, you know, I I think it was all probably always going to be. Like the weird thing really for me was um so there's a couple of things. It's like the way the film starts it kind of felt very odd but then again look if you know fred rogers if you've seen mr rogers neighborhood the start it, you might be like oh that's so clever that's ah yeah it all, it's all flooding back now if you like with no knowledge like the start just kind of came off as rather odd it seemed like a very odd way to kind of get things started because it, it just yeah it was just kind of it felt very flat felt very flat and also Hanks has adopted this I don't know this weird like affectation with his voice with the voice that he puts on for Rogers the Ah, it's just a tad irritating. It it really does come off as weird. It comes off as a bit weird, a bit put on, a bit irritating, you know? And, like, it's talking down to you. That It's that, you know, oh, what have you done? Mm, Didn't want to do that, did you? It's like one of those voices, but, Continuous And you're just like Jeez So that's a bit weird And especially because In the end credits They play actual Fred Rogers footage They have him singing He couldn't sing I don't know Hopefully he didn't do it all the time Couldn't sing Terrible voice But you hear his actual voice and it's nothing like the voice Hanks decided to use in this. And that seems a bit weird. You know what I mean? I, I just think, yeah, the voice was a weird choice. It was definitely just a weird choice to use. And, like, it's a, it's a predictable script. You know, I, I think you see everything, like... It's all predictable. Like, Lloyd was always going to be a cynic. He was always going to be a cynic with, like, crazy things happening in his life. So when he meets... Because that's what it says. Like, he's... You know, he goes in looking to dispel this myth. Looking to, um, you know, show Fred Rogers as a fraud. Because no one can be that happy all the time. Like, who is, right? And, yeah, so you knew you knew Floyd was going to be a certain kind of character. But then when he spends time with Fred, his outlook changes. I think the problem with that is, right, you can understand it changing on some things. So certain things you can be like, okay, right, that makes sense. And especially when you kind of get some of the backstory on some of this stuff. But then you kind of go, but what about the other stuff? You know, like, what about... Because that explains the, the, some of the resentments Lloyd has. But it doesn't explain other things like the because, you know, it said Fred is the only person that's willing to speak to Lloyd doesn't explain that. So I think 
Yeah, like maybe some more insight into Lloyd's actual character. And, and, you know, like the changes he wants to make in his life. I mean, possibly if they just kind of voice that because we understand, as I said, look, some of them, fine, that's understandable. That makes sense. Upper bits, you're a bit like, mm, but why then would you change? How does that change from that? So maybe some clarity on that would have would have worked, you know. But yeah, I mean, for this film, because this is like cool runnings, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? This is like cool runnings. You know that was always that was a certain type of film. It was saccharine. You knew what was happening, but the, you know there was a it, it wanted to get off this clear message. This film wants to get off this clear message. An interesting thing I thought in this was the fact that when showing, it, I think it was mainly travel. So it's really like, oh, I'm I've got to go to Pittsburgh. So getting on a plane or getting like moving from one place to the other. They depicted it with this kind of, I think it was clay animation. I think it was that. It it wasn't CGI. It wasn't, um, yeah, I think it must have been, yeah, I think the only other thing it could have been was claymation. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was an interesting addition, you know? I'm like I'm I'm wondering the choice for that. Like I didn't hate it. You know, it, it yeah, it was interesting. I don't know what I really think of it. Like I don't hate it. I don't it wasn't like, oh that's amazing. But it was interesting. So yeah, I, I, I wonder of how um how that got included. But um I do think a lot of the acting was good. You know, like um, Matthew Reese, he was good as Lloyd. Um, then we've got um, Susan Keleshi Watson is really good as Andrea, who is meant to be based on um, uh, yeah, Tom um Tom Young's actual wife. So um, yeah, like. That they yeah they played their roles really well. Chris Cooper as Jerry, that was good. You know there was some there was some good performances in in this film. Um. Yeah, it's it's just like, I think essentially, what do you want from your film? That's the big question, because as I've said, look. It's not a terrible film. It's a nice film. It's a nice film. But do you want that that film that's tied up in the bow? That's a little saccharine. You know what I mean? That, that is hammering home a message. If you like those sort of films, then this is all you. As I mentioned, like, look, it's kind of like Cool Runnings in that effect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if if though if that kind of film is the film that you like, then perfect. Because you have two more chances to see this. So it's showing tomorrow, Sunday the 13th of October at 11.30 at the Embankment Garden Cinema. And then at quarter to six on the same day at the Empire Haymarket Cinema. Now... The BFI website is showing that these are sold out. But, listen. If you go to the cinema 45 minutes before the start. So, that would be if you went to the cinema at quarter to 11. Or 5 o'clock. You know, that's when they start issuing out returns. But you could always check, give the BFI a call, check with them because, yeah, maybe there's stuff available now. Who knows? But, um, yeah, they are your last two opportunities to see this. Um, because tomorrow 
is the last day of the film festival, people, which is a big shame. But, but, look, you can also, if you can't make those dates, right, in the States and Canada, it will be released in cinemas Thanksgiving the 22nd of November. In the UK, Ireland, it will be here on the um, 6th of December. Okay, so they are your your other opportunities to um, to catch this film, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The new one from Marie Marielle Marielle Heller. I think I pronounced that right. <laughs> Starring Tom Hanks, Matthew Reese. Suzanne Kaleshi Watson and Chris Cooper. It's a PG. Oh, also, people, it's 107 minutes. So it's not crazy on the time. Not crazy on the time. So, um, look, yeah, they could have probably cut a little bit out, could have made it 90. But yeah, it, it's, not, it's not a bad one on that time front. You know what I mean? But yeah, hey, if you like a feel-good film, then this is a very feel-good, so check it out. Okay, people, so just back from a preview of, um, oh my days, Melina Matoskas' debut film, and people... This, yeah, like, what a frigging thing to debut with. Now, Melina, you know what I mean? She's already huge. She's got, um, you know what I mean, two Grammys for MTV Music Video Awards. She directed the music videos We Found Love and Formation. You know what I mean? She, she's been kicking it. For a while, but yeah, she is now, um, yeah, turned her eyes to feature films, and yo, if this is anything to go by, people, she's going to be huge, and I'm talking about people, Queen and the Slim, this yeah, <laughs> okay, so it was a story from James Frey and Lena Waif, um, and Waif then turned that story into the screenplay, uh, the film is starring Daniel Kaluuya, Judy Turner-Smith, um, we had Chloe Savina, Fleas in it, Sturgill Simpson, India Moore, and it was real good to see Bookham Woodbine turn up, you know. Um producing the film um Waif, um Melina, and then we had Michelle Crudson, Andrew Coles, Brad Weston, and Pamela Abdi. Um, music is by Devonte Haynes. Cinematography Tate Radcliffe. <sighs> okay, let's get to the um, let's get to the, the the plot. Give you a little breakdown of what this is. So, Slim and Queen's first date takes an unexpected turn when a policeman pulls them over for a minor traffic violation. When the situation escalates, Slim takes the officer's gun and shoots him in self-defense. Now labelled cop killers in the media, Slim and Queen feel that they have no choice but to go on the run and evade the law. 
When a video of the incident goes viral, the unwitting outlaws soon become a symbol of trauma, terror, grief and pain for people all across the country. Now, that, that sounds crazy, right? And imagine, because you know how we do, I don't, I mean, I don't want to know the gist of a film Like I, I sometimes I see a, a poster that intrigues me You know what I mean Maybe like one of my peoples Tells me about something Or I just see You know an actor An actress you know a producer Director or something like that That I like their work So I'll go see it So I went in not knowing Anything but I just Had heard that this was something And also, like, Liana Waif I mean, like, just her work from Masters of None And all of that I was like, okay, yeah I'll check this shit And you know what I mean? Daniel killed it and get out So it was just like, alright, let's do this, man And I am so, so damn glad So damn glad I did and it's crazy as well when you don't know anything going in the impact of certain moments is just so friggin powerful it's uh yeah it's crazy man but uh you know i really like the way the film started um you know because they're just on this date they're on this date, and that made it so relatable, because, you know, it's not, like, maybe, it's not a terrible date, but it's not a great, it's not one of my dates, because trust me, people, I know how to rock a first date, and that, what we see, that's not someone rocking a first date. But the interesting thing is, like, the dynamic is kind of set. Because we we have the, just the interchange. The interchange that we get to witness. Ah, oh, I love good dialogue. I love good dialogue. And the thing about, you know what I mean, good and great dialogue is this. It's when it, you know, it just feels natural. You know, it feels, because sometimes you'll watch something and you'll be like, oh, that was good. But they're using words that, you know, people in a certain situation, they ain't using those words. Or people from that background, they ain't using those words. You know what I mean? And, and so, although you can look at it and go, yo, that was, that was good. I like those interchanges, but, or interactions even, I, th I think either work, uh, but anyway, but, when it's great, is when it's just spot on, when it's just perfect, and just those little interchanges over dinner, you had corrections of grammar, you, then you had counterbacks on that shit, you know what I mean, like little, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. You mean some of those ones when you're not telling someone, I'm not an idiot, check. You know, but in what you've just said, that's what you're saying. And so we have this. So we have that interplay. And it's great. Then when they're driving, it's just like, you know, it's just like, oh, you made a mixtape. Oh, that's cute. And, and it's just all this kind of shit. And so all of that. Building up to the, um, so what's happening tonight? Well, you're going to drop me off and then go home. That's what I'm thinking. You weren't expecting sex, right? No, 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 no. And you just see the face drop and, and it's just, uh, and all of that is setting a tone. So when the incident happens, and if you don't know that motherfucker is coming, yo, I'm saying, I was just like, 
You read it, it was just a little, just a, one of those pause moments, just like, what the? <sighs> because, uh, and don't look, it's not as crazy in the UK, right? It's not as crazy in the UK as it is stateside. And that's mainly because, you know, our cops don't carry guns. You know, the cops on the street don't carry guns. Go to an airport is another matter. But, so, you, you have that, right? So, you're not technically going to get shot on the street. But, like, whenever the police are involved, there is a moment of pause. And especially when you're, a, you know what I mean, a black guy, girl. Because shit gets different. So... Karine, like, watching this interplay, it's just like, Karine, it's just on edge. Everything about it is on edge. Because you're just watching it. But then also, the other thing that just played in my mind throughout that scene was Jay-Z's 99 problems. Just because the whole, you know what I mean, like, the, the interplay with the officer in, in, in the track, you know what I mean, it's like, Oh, you, can you get out the car? And he's like, no. Are you what? Are you a lawyer? And yeah, so I'm just thinking about that, which is yeah, I know. Yeah, it's tangent, people. It's tangent. It's what I do. Uh, but yeah, so you you've got this, and so this big thing happens, and it's just like <gasps> what? But but then remember, people. These motherfuckers don't know each other. They they just had a first date. A first date. And a lot of the, uh, you know what I mean? A lot of their, their interactions haven't been, like, solid. So now they're thrown into this whole fucking thing. And everything plays from that. You know, so we're getting that awkward conversation that like, we need to do this. Okay, okay. And then it's just like, wait, 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 wait. Why are you telling me what the fuck to do? It's like, because we got to do, no, no, no. So I'm, I'm just like, I think we should do. And then it's just like all of this because they don't know each other. So it's understand that you know what I mean they're trying to understand each other's nuances under tra- trying to understand each other's flow and all of this is playing out in front of you and all of this is so believable just so friggin believable you know what I mean and it's ah uh, there's like the personalities are just so different She's a lawyer. He's a. I don't even know if we ever learn what he does. Because you know, to be honest, right? I don't even know if they say each other's names. I don't believe they do. Which is a, it's funny, because but that's the thing. Because I don't always use people's names. You know what I mean, but you're out all night and you've never actually said their name. But it's just like little things that you might say, you know. So all of so you're watching the film and you don't even notice that shit. It's it's fine. Do you know what I mean it's not a thing? But as I'm saying, look, look, the personalities are so different. She's a lawyer, and so she's all kind. And also, you you know, like she's been through some. There's certain shit that's happened. Right, because she's very much like, look, I like to do this, I do this, this is how I do my shit. It's very formulaic. You know, she's she likes a routine. He's a bit more easy with shit. Like eats like an animal. <laughs> like I it just I don't know why, but like it just what came to mind was like Hubo Street. You know, that that's kind of seemed his demeanor, right? So, yeah, so, so we're having this. And as everything moves on, 
like you start to understand it's like okay so your video is out now the world knows what happened but the crazy thing is right and this point is is magnified again at the very end of the film you know like truth <laughs> you know what I mean what really happens that's controlled by you know those in power and the winners you know what I mean so when someone tells you something like it's not always really what happened but that person is in control of that narrative you know and so that's this big thing that we kind of realize but yeah th- th- there's it's a ripple effect from this event we get a ripple effect and um we we're seeing how it's impacted a load of people throughout you know there's people that are supporting and then there's people that aren't down with it and that is shown in a, you know what I mean? We have two different ways in which that is, well, actually three different ways in which that is shown. Uh, no, four. Yeah, I tell a lie. We've got the mechanic. We've got the wife. Hmm. What else? The mechanic, the wife. Oh, yeah, the neighbor. And then the dude at the end. So, yeah. So it's interesting. Yo, we're getting these different points of views. But, so this is the thing, right? As the film plays out, we start to learn a bit more about Queen and Slim. You know? About the building blocks that have made them into the people they are. And just, yeah, I mean, it's just a natural thing. Sometimes it, it takes a while for walls to come down, right? And so we're seeing these walls come down. And it's a funny thing, you know, like the story of um, Samson and how, you know, it's believed that his strength is in his hair. But when his hair is chopped, he loses all his strength. But then at the very end, he understands that the strength was it within all the time. But this is the thing. It's just like we kind of see a different queen through different hair. Right? So you'll understand when you watch it. I mean, you've probably seen it in the trailer. But anyway. you're. But yes, we, we see... A different queen. And just that whole thing. It's just. Ah. It's just. It's played so well. It's played so well. And we have certain things that are said throughout the film. Like at one point. Like she turns to Slim and says. I believe in you. And those few words. Just uh, pack so much Then at dinner She's just like well thank you for the journey However it ends And it's just these certain Things that are said In the film At these certain moments They're so powerful So powerful And it just (sighs) Yo, it just brings these feelings, man. It really does. And listen, right? It's not just the acting. It's not just the, you know, the script. Both are phenomenal. But the soundtrack is... Yo, the soundtrack is banging. I just... I love the music. And... The great thing is I love a film that uses different ways to integrate that. And so with this, you know, they're in a car a lot. So 
you're, you're seeing the radio getting played or CDs, and that is a tool for the soundtrack, and it's just great. Like, there's certain songs that you're just like, yo, I haven't heard that in ages. Nice. You know what I mean? That's just great. And also the direction. Oh, man. Malene, the, the, you know what I mean? The way she used different techniques in this film is because, you know, a lot of the time we just get a traditional, you know what I mean, camera shot. And when I say traditional, I mean, you know, no craziness with the camera. But then every now and then we get the kind of shaky cam. And it's used very sparingly. But what it does do, it shows us the, the importance of a situation, the importance of a movement. And so it's great when it happens because it then it pulls you into the scene. It really does. Like there's a point when they're having dinner and the camera kind of rotates around them. And that's not a shot that we see a lot. But in that moment, it's the perfect shot. It's the perfect shot to, you know what I mean, just really bring us in to what is happening. And so that's it. It's just like, she really has a skill for choosing a shot and choosing a technique to help emphasize that. So it's just, yeah, it is... Oh man, you know, oh, you, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Now, I, for me, there was these three just monumental moments in the film. So we've got the incident at the beginning, we've got the incident at the rally, and then at the end, just this oh, one thing. And these moments... They're like tsunamis. You know what I mean? They just wreck shop. Just the, the, the way each hits you is just like you're, you're just sucking in air. You're sucking in air because it's just so powerful, so poignant. It's, it's crazy. Like the girl next to me at the end was just in tears and we're just sitting there just like because <sighs> you're just like what the fuck man like what the fuck because it's just like you know it, it's something that you kind of look I knew a certain thing was gonna happen you know, but I didn't know it was going to work, like, you're, 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 there's still hope, there's still a thing, right, there's still a thing that you're feeling, there's still a way for everything to go in a certain direction, and then, yeah, this thing happens, and it's, and so this is the thing, Right. Remember earlier on, I said it's about the narrative. And so then at the very end, after all this crazy shit has happened and you're trying to hold back the fucking tears and your heart is just shattered. You hear like there's stuff playing over the scenes on the screen. So we get like police report, we get all this other shit, and it's just, what is said, you're just like, oh, motherfuckers, what, what, ah, and it's great, and it's, it's, it's great, because it really makes the film this just powerful thing, now, there was a moment where we were seeing so many deaths, you know what I mean, so many deaths, and, 
like that's that has seemed to have slowed down a little. You know what I mean? Or we're just not getting told, right? But this reminds everyone just the nature of the motherfucking beast of certain shit that's happening. But then also, like there's so many messages in this film. So many messages in this film. Like trust is a big one. You know? Trust is definitely a big one. But the main thing is, right? I mean it comes down to that sentiment. Thank you for the journey, however it ends. Because we see a journey here, people. We see a journey. And I think when you have someone now Slim would say it's a ride or die, but when you have someone to hold your hand and just be there while you work out the bruises. You know what I mean? Then life was worthwhile. Then you have your legacy. And that's the thing that helps. Right? So after all the motherfucking craziness and everything, you just think that there was that. There was that. But this is a film that will be with you for a while. You're not just going to leave the cinema and that's it. This is going to be with you for a while. Like, we were talking about this all the way to the friggin' train station. Like, yeah, this is going to be with you, people. This film is just so good. So, the performances... Even how small, even how small the performance, they're just so good. They're just so powerful. They're just so needed for that moment. So I, I don't think I've said it so far this year, but people, I highly, highly recommend you go see this. It is. Just so good. Just so good. And gotta give it up to We Are Parable, who, um, you know what I mean? They, they put on this preview at the BFI, and, you know, they put on a little show, man. They really put a, sh- a thing together. So I'm so glad that they did this shit, because it means that, you know what I mean? I got to go see this just. Crazy ass Amazing powerful film So yeah People Go check it out man Queen and the Slim You know It's from director Melina Matushkas Um You know Producers Lena Melina Michelle Crudson Andrew Coles Brad Weston Pamela Abdi, Lena did the screenplay from a story from herself and James Frey, and it's starring Daniel Kalua, Judy Turner-Smith, Bookham Woodbine, Chloe Saveno, Flea, Sturgill Simpson, and India Moore. Music, Devontae Hayes, cinematography, Tate Radcliffe. It's an 18 people. Okay, it's an 18, and, you know, like, there's not a lot of, like, but, yeah, there's certain scenes that will make it, but every, I would say everything is tasteful, everything is well-balanced, there's not just shit in there for kicks and giggles, all tells a story, you know? So yeah, and it is 132 minutes, so just over um, two hours. But you, you I mean you're not looking at your watch? Trust me, you are not looking at your watch. You are with this all the way through. So yeah, go check it out, Queen and the Slim. You will not be disappointed. All right. <laughs> 
Okay, people. Hopefully, you enjoyed the reviews. Uh, so, we're gonna hit you with some film news before we bounce. And um, something that's been floating around, man, all of the last decade. But it seems that finally, um, yeah, the crow might be getting made. Yep. So, um, you know, there was the um, the original film from back in the day, uh, nineteen ninety four, starring Brandon Lee. Uh, but yeah, they're they're going to they're looking to remake the film. But this time, it will be more of a direct adaptation of the 1989 comic book. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, it looks like um, Davis Films, Highland Film Group and Electric Shadow... Are um, going to be financing and um, handling all of that. No studio is yet attached or um, a director. But, you know, for those that don't know, the story centers on musician Eric Draven, who on the night before his wedding is murdered along with his fiance by members of a violent inner city gang on the anniversary of their death eric is brought back from the dead and takes up the mantle of supernatural avenger the crow to track down the thugs responsible for their deaths so it's a good story right so um yeah be interesting to know um where this may land um some crazy news while out doing press um dan lynn uh confirmed that a fifth lethal weapon film is in the works yeah crazy I know, the Lethal Weapon 4 came out in 1998 So yeah, this is a while later Um, But, you know, supposedly um, Richard Donor is coming back to work on this As well as um, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson So, uh, I don't know We'll see what ha- what happens with this. I uh, yeah, I I don't know, man. It just seems a bit weird, but hey ho, we'll see, right? Um, other news: uh, Sony Pictures and Netflix are teaming up to um make a film of Matilda the Musical. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Strange one. I mean, we had the um, the Mati- the original Matilda film in 1996 from TriStar. Uh, but yeah, this will be um, the musical version. Hey, do we need more musicals? Hey, it looks like Sony and Netflix think we do. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, it's still, you know, it still initially follows the story of Matilda, you know, the young bookworm prodigy mistreated by her ignorant parents at a school run by an abusive headmistress. Um, and she finds a kindred spirit in her teacher, Miss Honey. So, um... Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens, but supposedly the plan is for this to come out in cinemas in the UK, uh, and then Netflix will put it out around the rest of the world. Um, other news: Ron Howard 
is um, you know working on a new film uh, which is called The Fixer uh, it's going to come out through Paramount and Imagine Entertainment uh, the story is penned by Tyler Hizzle and it actually follows a crazy true story where the CIA got a disgraced FBI agent um, and uh, sent him on a mission um, with a, uh, a, a team of operatives and Chicago mobsters to assassinate Fidel Castro. So yeah, this happened around the Cold War, people. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to know um, what happens. Like, it's a crazy story, right? Um, also, Jodie Foster is working on a um, on a new film about uh, the the theft of the Mona Lisa in 1911. Uh, the robbery took place at the Louvre and was perpetrated by employee Vincenzo Pergogugia. Um, and you know, because he believed Da Vinci's painting should be displayed in Italy. Yeah. Um, he kept the painting for two years. But was apprehended when he attempted to sell it um, to the director of the Uffizi Gallery in Florence. So yeah, another crazy uh, true story. So um, yeah, be interesting to uh, see how this translates uh, to film, right? Um... Finally, people, um, Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, James Weaver, Ross Ritchie, and Stephen Christie are going to be producing a, uh, a, f- a new film for Lionsgate. It's called Mimetic, uh, and it's based on a comic book. By James Tyrion the Fourth. Um, it's going to be written by Matson Tomlin, who uh, has co-written the new Batman film, um, and the story is around um, the idea of a a meme called the Good Time Sloth. Uh, which, you know, goes viral Everyone sees it But then, a short time later Those that did see it Become screamers uh, And that's where they succumb to a murderous rage uh, But, you know, the story centres on a guy um, who's colorblind and he's um, trying to navigate the craziness and find his boyfriend. Yeah, I, it does sound like, um, oh gosh, it was a, a Netflix series uh, that came out last year. That was around the apocalypse and everything uh, Yeah I cannot remember the name of it But uh, yeah it came out last year <laughs> But people that is All the news um, If I can just say one Thing people You really need to go See Queen and Slim It is incredible It is Ah uh, such a great film um, 
So yeah, people, go see that. You won't be disappointed. I guarantee it, okay? So um, enjoy your cinema going. Have fun. And we will see you next week.